0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he felt sorry for them because they were harassed and dejected like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is rich, but the laborers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers to his harvest. He summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits with power to cast them out and to cure all kinds of diseases and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip, and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus. Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, the one who was to betray him. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them as follows. Do not turn your steps to pagan territory, and do not enter any Samaritan town. Go, rather, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers, cast out devils. You received without charge, give without charge. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Last Sunday, the church celebrated the solemnity of Corpus Christi, the body and blood of our Lord. And the wonderful fact that in the person of Jesus, the fullness of God. God withholds nothing. The fullness of God showed himself pleased to tabernacle with us. He literally pitched his tent and abides with us. That's why we call that a tabernacle, because it's a tent for God. And yet, this God of ours is on the move. He's not static. He's not a statue. But our God is on the move. And therefore, the people of God also are pressed forward. They're on the move. We know that we are a pilgrim people. This is the image given to us in Exodus. I love how the church continually returns to Exodus. It's such an archetypal story. A people set free from bondage, and then they make this long journey, which is almost worse than their slavery, <laughs> into freedom, into the fullness of life. From Rephidim, they set out again, and then they reach the wilderness of Sinai. Who wants to go and live in the wilderness? Probably none of us, right? But right there in the middle of it, facing the mountain they tabernacled they pitched their tent again as a little pit stop on their journey through Moses the will of God was made known to the people Moses was what we would call a mediator stood between God and God's people and the people remembered the epic things that took place under Moses's leadership as Moses was mediating God to the people some tremendous things happened. we don't need to list them we know them you yourselves have seen god says what what i did how i carried you on eagle's wings bringing you to myself and god continues if you obey which means listen if you listen and hold fast to my covenant you will be mine and i will be yours god wants union with his people it's all god ever wants god has one desire really for us union with him there's two things in that context that I want to talk about today in the readings, mainly in the gospel. Um, one is what we might call a happy boast. You know, we, we can boast about who we are as the people of God. But with that, we might call it the trial of faith. This isn't just laughs and giggles. Like There's, there's some hardship to come with it. A boast and a trial. It's such a happy boast to know ourselves... As the people of God because that is what we are a pilgrim people a people of hope real true virtuous hope people known chiefly by our love think of those hymns that we know they'll know we are Christians by our love um, that's our, that's our fingerprint if you like we're instruments of God's mercy and justice and peace and all the goodness of God God chooses to work through us humble as we are and this is us in the world but but we should also clarify it's not just the fact that we are in the world we are also for the world if we if we know all these things then we can readily say and we know the fact that the world is better off with us people of faith pilgrim people etc etc the world is better off with us than without us remember that reading about the salt and if the salts lost its savor just it on the ground That's not us. Please, God, it never is. Retain our savour because the world actually counts on that from us, whether they admit it or not. We're missionary disciples. A disciple is one who is under the discipline, under the teaching and authority, as we heard in that reading, of their master. And finally, not least of all, we're all wounded healers. Uh, At different times, to different degrees, I think we learn the truth of this but we're all wounded healers. Having received the lavish, lavish mercy of God and receiving it still in the present, um, we then must share it with a world that shares our misery. We need mercy. The world around us needs mercy as well. We know from Jesus' own words just how very dangerous it can be to presume the mercy of God and then to not share it with those who come to us in need of it. And so the boast, which we've just skimmed over, all the privileges of being, as the psalm eloquently put it, the sheep of God's flock, quickly becomes a trial as well. It's a bit of a difficult task because we're not just any sheep. We're sheep who share in the work of our shepherd. Think about that for a second. That's a unique kind of sheep. It's a happy trial to be sure, but it's a trial nonetheless. With that in mind now, with our privileges, uh, I want to speak a little bit about the mission that we're all called to. And maybe today, in a, in a particular way, even though she may not realize the gravity of it, it's a big mission, we're all with you and we're all supporting you in it as well. Um, I want to just name seven things about us being sheep and they're one-liners, so don't stress, I'm not gonna be here for, for the next hour. One, we are sheep, we have each other that's the privilege so we must be there for each other that's the responsibility as a real and authentic flock a flock has its strength in its togetherness, in its unity we are sheep we have a shepherd praise the Lord we're not dejected and scattered afar and roughaging around in the, in the um, mess for whatever we can scrounge around for we, we're sheep, we're the shepherd, therefore we must help each other to know and to hear the voice of the shepherd who calls us each by name for it is through shepherds from moses all the way to the present day in the church we know it's through shepherds that god has deigned to gather and to speak to his gathered flock um, and to lead them we're on the move as well even though we're static right now we're very definitely um, not statues number three we are sheep, not goats, uh, and that's worth pointing out. So we can lead people to the joys of the truly rich green pastures that the shepherd has um, has found for us. Sharing our resources without fear, but rather than letting everyone scrounge around in the and forage for themselves in vain. Remember, our strength is as a community of faith. Um, number four. We are sheep for whom the shepherd lays down his life. Think of that second reading we just heard. While we were in the worst kind of way, uh, Jesus didn't save us at our best. He's, he's happy to expend himself no matter what the, no matter what the payoff is. Um, that's our shepherd, the one who lays down his life for us. Therefore, we too, in imitation of Christ, can strive to live sacrificial lives as well, simply for the love of God, and for love of each other, this beautiful flock that we've come to know. Not worrying about reciprocation. Sometimes this can be a real stumbling block for us. Oh, I'll forgive them when they do this. I'll love them when they do that. I'll be generous when they... This isn't the dynamic of the Christian heart, of the shepherd's heart. No, not worrying about reciprocation or any other rewards that may or may not fall into our lap. Number five, we are sheep, get ready who are sent out among wolves. Uh, take this as metaphorically as you want. It's there. <laughs> it's, you're not going to be able to escape this, this fact. So, and, and again, take this as metaphorically as you want. We're going to have to develop our teeth and our hide. Teeth for biting and a hide for taking a biting. Okay? We need to be durable sheep for the spiritual battle because that's what our faith is. I always think in the catechism, when it talks on prayer, and keep in mind, the catechism is not a book of poetry. It's a pretty dry uh, encyclopedia, really. And you come to prayer, and it describes it as the battle of prayer. The church is happy to to officially describe prayer in that way. That's noteworthy. So we need teeth and, and thick skin. Being meek, I'll add, does not mean being a wimp, but being ever more serene in the face of... Hardship oppression even even willful uh, Attacks that come to us the serenity the peace of Christ that the world can't give That's meekness uh, in the name of Jesus right in the heart of the battle. That's being a heroic sheep number six we're nearly there we are sheep and our concern is the least among us where are the frail sheep We're thinking of sheep, but we're thinking too of people we know. Where are the frail? Where are the lost? Where are the hungry? Where are the muddied and messy? Where are the wounded? Where are the traumatised? Where are the impressionable? This is one of the things that people probably dislike about being called a sheep. Or the insult of being called a sheep. Oh, they're just dumb sheep. Who are the impressionable? Where are the impressionable? Where are the destructive, sort of tearing the flock away from the inside? And not only where are they, but in, in desire of a deep, respectful relationship, who are they? Like, what are their names? These are people. Who are these people among us, scattered or gathered? What are their names? Like Bartimaeus in the Gospels, we should find them and call them by name and say, Courage, the Master is calling you usher them closer and closer to the Shepherd finally number seven we are sheep lost and found Christ has sent all of us and today in a particular way sends all of us to proclaim the proximity of the kingdom of God it is close it's within reach we're touching upon it in fact we're. it's in us and we're in it it's very very close it is our work As we heard, to cure the sick, to raise the dead, to touch and to cleanse lepers, to cast out devils, curing, raising, cleansing, casting out all, as we've said, for the love of God and the love of neighbor. This is what it means to be a sheep in Christ's fold. It's a beautiful and rich thing to enter into, isn't it? So here finally, and we might close our eyes and just hear these words once again from the psalm. It's a knowledge, a deep, deep knowledge that we need to have in our very bones. Know that he, the Lord, is God. He made us. We belong to him. We are his people, the sheep of his flock.